What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Round two, day two of group play at the Dell Technologies match play. We'll tee off here in a little bit. Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, all winners yesterday. John Rahm, the big upset. The number two player in the world lost to Ricky Fowler. My man John Rahm could not putt yesterday. The three-putting machine he was. It looked like me. You know, we got a deal when we play golf. Everybody, if you three-putt, everybody's got to put it in a dollar. Ooh. Cost you a buck if you three-putt. Uh, you know, if you're closest to the pin and then you three-putt it, Three jacket, you owe everybody some money. You can't three jacket. Uh, eliminate those three putts. So John Rom could not do that. You're gonna win match play if you can't make two well, putts. Oh no, no. He, he gave several holes right to Ricky Fowler with, with bogeys. You know how I feel about putting and how certain people putt. Now you're saying Spaniards can't putt? What? Hey. I didn't say that hey yet. Now. Come on now. We're going to talk to John McClain coming up, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, covering the Texans and Oilers for a long, long time. Now he's with a place called Gallery Sports, and we're going to talk to him about the Houston Cougars. John was in Vegas last weekend watching the Cougars and uh, betting, and he says betting on the Cougars. So we'll talk with him about that and the Texans continuing to make signings. And this, uh, the Roddy Terry story has taken another turn. Here's why. Because we, we started the show telling you that uh, Kirk Bowles, of the Austin American States with a story this morning. And in it, he reports that uh, Rodney Terry uh, is going to be in demand. Uh, Penn State, who just lost their head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, to Notre Dame, is uh, interested. Also, the, uh, the Cal Bears would be interested. And um, there's I mentioned the tweet from Dick Vitale criticizing Texas for not getting a deal done. And my immediate question and curiosity was where this came from. And now it's pretty clear to me that it came from Rodney Terry's agent to Kirk Bowles because Kirk Bowles has now tweeted nine minutes ago um, uh, about the story, because I'm sure he's being asked about it. But he said, uh, one big factor to consider, Rodney Terry has been told nothing about his chances. CDC has always said he'll decide after the season, but if the answer is, sorry, RT, jobs, sorry, RT, jobs will have been filled, and he's got no idea where he'll be next season. That's a Kirk Bowles tweet. He said, the other thing, CDC didn't want to make this a distraction. Sorry, Chris, but it is a mega distraction, according to Kirk Bowles. Men's tennis isn't basketball. So that goes to something we talked about. So that clearly came from the Rodney Terry camp because he wants some assurances that there's a spot. Um, and Crystal Conti, obviously, in his mind, hasn't given it to him, which, again, we can play this however you want. And, and you, but I guess you can understand Rodney Terry and his camp saying, wait a second, you know, we get to the end of this, we lose, and, and I, we meet, and you say, no, we're going a different direction. Well, now there's all the jobs have been there's filled. No job, right which is why the word gets out. So this is a pressure push from the Rodney Terry camp to get something, at least an assurance of some kind, I guess, right? Which to your question was, have they? I'm sure they've talked. Well, Kirk Bowles makes it seem like he's been they told even that they, have, they haven't talked. That just doesn't seem right. That seems strange to me. I mean, you're crossing paths with a guy just about every day. Well, that's what. So Kirk Bowles' tweet 11 minutes ago, one big factor to consider, RT has not been told, has been told nothing about his chances. CDC has always said he'll decide after the season, but if the answer is sorry, RT, jobs will have been filled, he's got no idea what he'll be next season. So that, that now makes further sense that the story for Kirk came from, I'm sure, the agent for Rodney Terry or someone close to Rodney saying, look, we need to put some pressure that we need to know where we're going to be. 
And um, well, will it be a distraction tomorrow night? I got to think with this. Oh yeah, veteran. you don't win that game tomorrow, you'll find out an awful lot. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, so there's the Kirk Bowles. And I, look, I would imagine whoever gave the story to Kirk Bowles was the one feeding stuff to Dick Vitale. Who you get Dick Vitale criticizing you because you haven't gotten a deal done? You know, that's a leverage game. And that's what an agent's job is: is to play the leverage game and get we'll get what's right for your client and get some security for your client. Because look, if you go back to January when this thing all blew up with Chris Beard or December. You know, if Chris Beard's out, all these coaches are in limbo, too. Uh, the assistant coaches, and they— Yeah, it's not just the head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad timing situation without a doubt. But at the same time, if you're Rodney Terry, what is good What is good timing? <laughs> I need yeah, to know really. what the plan is here. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, where are we? I haven't talked to anybody. So that's, the, uh, I guess, the Rodney Terry side of it. They play tomorrow night as the eighth game of the, of the weekend or of the Friday, Thursday and Friday of the 16. So um, that's the latest. That's the latest, and we'll, we'll keep you posted on it. Uh, all right, so uh, we'll get more on that. We're going to talk to our buddy Rodney Rodriguez at the bottom of the hour. He's covering uh, the NASCAR race. You know, NASCAR, in addition to the Dell Technologies match play, the best players in the world in golf are here. Also over at uh, COTA, Circuit of the Americas, it's NASCAR rolling in for the weekend. We'll talk to Rodney about that at the bottom of the hour. Also, Rodney's going to be out today with a cool event that we can tell you about. But right now, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline to talk to a very familiar voice to these airwaves and guy you've heard all over the place. Uh, long time with the uh, Houston Chronicle, now doing great work and writing for gallerysports.com, and you hear him on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He is our friend John McClain. John, how are you? Guys, I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing fantastic, John. It's good to talk to you again, my friend. Thank you. Hey, listen, uh, as a as a... Houston sports fans, and we grew up uh, cutting my teeth in Houston listening. What is uh, what is gallerysports.com, and where did that come about? I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. There's got some guys got some great content there, but where did that come about? I retired from the Chronicle on March 31st. Thought I'd keep doing my talk shows. I do 11 a week in six cities, and I'm on six times a week here on the Texans flagship. Thought I'd do that for a year, and then I'd ride into the sunset. Jim McInvale, Mattress Mac. Called me, said he wanted to start a website, and he wanted to hire me as his lead columnist. And we talked a couple of times, and and I recommended Richard Justice, a long one, retired from the Chronicle, to write for us. John Lopez, and Aggie used to write for the Chronicle. He's on Sports Radio 610 every day. We're the three columnists, and I write four times a week. We all do a separate video with Mac, and as Mac says on all of his furniture ads, if you buy the furniture today, it's delivered to your home. Tonight, free, 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 <laughs> and gallerysports.com is free, free, free. There's no paywall. We cover every team in Texas, including the Longhorns. And right now, we're covering heck out of the NCAA tournament. we got, like, counting videographers, like five people on it. That is cool. Mattress Mac, Jim McInvale with a new investment, and it's a, it's a great website, uh, especially if you're a fan of Houston sports and Houston great sports writing there with John. John, uh, you said you you spent some days in Vegas watching the first round and first weekend of the March Madness tournament. Uh, how'd you do, first and foremost? And let me ask you, how good is Houston? I mean, you've seen them up close. You were there for the Five Slam Jamma days. Kelvin Sampson seems to have this group back to that level. Uh, is this a team that can can win the whole thing in their home, in their backyard? Last year, Mattress Mac bet on Kansas to win the tournament, made $15 million. This year, he bet on the Cougars. And he has promotions on furniture. If you buy $5,000 worth and they win, you get it free, free, free. And he won $75 million on the Astros, <laughs> winning the World Series. 
And so he spent a long time paying people back because they had bought, I think, $30 million worth of furniture. So he doesn't lose, but because it's a cougar thing and we cover it so much, as does the Houston Chronicle and all outlets, people are fired up about it. It's the best Cougars team we've seen since five Slamma Gamma, the greatest team to never win a championship with Kim Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler under the late Guy V. Lewis. They'll never have a team that talented. But this one's well coached. They're disciplined. They've overcome injuries. And uh, first of all, if the Aggies hadn't choked like dogs, we could have <laughs> had the Aggies and the Longhorns. Now, I hate the bracket. I wish the Longhorns and Cougars were on the opposite sides so they could play in Houston, possibly for the championship. But if they both win, Texas courts over Xavier, Houston over Miami, then they'll get to play Sunday to go to the Final Four. So it's not just people fired up about the Cougars. You guys know how many Longhorns are in this area. And uh, so uh, everybody's pulling for those teams to win and be able to play to go to the Final Four. And uh, both of them, I watched Texas all through the tournament because I went to Baylor, and Baylor blew it, of course. But uh, I'm always – I want the Texas teams to win no matter what the sport is. I'm a native Texan from Waco. If it's not Baylor, A&M, Texas, Houston, I don't care. But So I hope one of these teams goes on to win the national championship. Uh, John, with, the, with this Houston team, I mean, with Sasser being banged up, and you know, I, I still think this is a team that is coached so well and has so many good athletes, so whether it's a Sasser or one of the other guards. I mean, they've got at least three guards on this team that can still – uh, do an awful lot of damage, and 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 the and the guys who aren't superstars in there are great athletes, and and they're so well coached, you know, by by Coach Sampson. I, I just think they're really, really. It's a well coached team, offense, defense. I mean, they shoot great free throws. I, I think it's a well rounded team, even without one star. I thought at uh, the way they barely beat Northern Kentucky, they had Sasser was injured, Jamal Shed, their point guard was injured, but right. they both came back. They were down down by 10 to Auburn in a predominantly Auburn crowd in Birmingham, and then they blew them out in the second half, and that's more like what they were uh, during the regular season and their tournament. And one of the reasons Mattress Matt gave a million-dollar NIL uh, boatload of money to Kelvin Sampson and the basketball team is because he, he he's – and he – you know, Mattress Mac went to Texas. He's got an ad, plays over on the scoreboard yep. during games, yep. and he's got he's got his gallery furniture banner there. But he gave that million dollars to Kelvin Sampson's team because he loves how disciplined they are, the way they play, the way they're smart, the way they're just well coached, and uh, he made sure all of them's families got to go watch the tournament. Took them all to dinner one night, so. He's he's behind him, and he can't lose, really. Even if he loses the Cougars and it costs him a bet, he's still going to make money on furniture sales, and he's still got a chance with his with his Longhorns. He is John McClain now with GalleriesSports.com, as you said, a project of uh, Jim McInville, Mattress Mac, and uh, doing some great stuff there. Uh, John, the Texans, let's shift gears here because uh, we know the basketball starts again tonight. The Longhorns and the Cougars will play tomorrow night, and the winners will meet on Sunday. But the Texans have been busy. They had a lot of money to spend in free agency. Uh, Nick Casario now with D'Amico Ryans in as the head coach. They're they're about ready to move forward, it feels like, after two or three just really dreadful years. What have you made of the, the signings Nick Casario has made, along with D'Amico Ryans, to bolster this team? What have you, what's your grade report card for, for Nick Casario this offseason so far? 
First of all, there's been so much negativity around this organization going back after the 2019 season when they won the division for the fourth time in five years, beat Buffalo in the playoffs, led Kansas City 24 to nothing before they choked that lead and went down the toilet under O'Brien. And trading DeAndre Hopkins, since that trade, it's been nothing but negativity. They finally got rid of Jack Easterby from their front office. They hired D'Amico Ryans, who everybody, fans, media had him at the top of the list. This was his dream job. He played here. His wife, Samir, they got married here while he played for the Eagles. They're building a home here. Now they're going to build a bigger home here. And they also started a home for wayward kids during the pandemic here. So he turned down an interview opportunity with Carolina. He canceled them with Indy and uh, Arizona in the interview with Denver the day before Houston. And he, he is so happy, and he has inspired fans Everybody, because he's been great when he's talked. And then Nick Casario, that's what I'll say on personnel, he's given him probably at least six new starters, a really good mentor in Case Keenum for the second overall pick. And people are fired up right now. And not that they're going to win the AFC South, but they might be better. Lovey Smith did a terrible job last year by letting Pep Hamilton run his offense. That's why he got fired. year before, David Culley was in way over his head and gave Lions a six-year contract. And and it's the first time that this franchise has had anything positive since they beat Buffalo in that wild card game in January of 2020. Been a long time. Uh, yeah, six starters. Dalton Schultz, the former Cowboys now in Houston, uh, uh, Devin Singletary. And I just saw this morning that they've uh, signed the, the veteran linebacker Devin uh, Denzel Perryman to a one-year contract, so the, they're bolstering with with veteran players. Jimmy Ward in the secondary from that San Francisco defense that was so good last year, trying to bring in some some experience to go with all the youth they're going to have, John McClain, because with all these draft picks, two in the top 12, there's going to be be a lot of youth, so you need some veteran players. What do you think with the, with the draft? We saw C.J. Stroud uh, have his pro day yesterday. Carolina now has the number one pick, and they had 14 representatives there in Columbus to watch C.J. throw. They have the number one pick. Houston picks two. How do you think that shakes out come April? I think that Carolina is going to take Stroud. I think they knew they were going to take Stroud when they made that trade. They're trying to make the Texans think they may take Bryce Young, hoping the Texans will give him a pick to swap spots. Chicago GM told Peter King he tried to get the Texans to trade, and then he was going to trade down a second time because Serio wouldn't do it. They seem they'd be like they'd be happy with both quarterbacks. Now pro days are a total waste of time. No, the only way they're any, give you any information is if a guy didn't work out at the uh, combine. I'm not talking about throwing. All I got to do is go back and watch the tape, and you know Bryce Young can make every throw. The Longhorns found that out the hard way, and the fans ever since Alabama nipped the Longhorns in September, people here wanted Bryce Young to be their quarterback. And Frank Reich, every quarterback he's had as a starter has been, a regular starter, has been at least 6'4". And all going back to San Diego, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, then all of a sudden he's making people think they traded all that compensation to get a 5'10 and 1'8 quarterback. 
I don't think so. I think they're taking Stroud. I think uh, we all you got to do is go on the tape and watch these guys throwing against air with no pressure and no receivers being covered. And you've orchestrated this for weeks with your receivers. It's kind of a waste of time, but people just ooh and ah over it. And I understand it as part of the process, and people are getting hyped up at this time of year. But I think they'll take Young second. I think they'll take a pass rusher like uh, 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 Lucas Van Ness of Iowa, uh, the Miles Murphy of Clemson, Noah Smith of uh, Georgia. They need help in their defensive line, especially as an edge rusher. And then they, they have five of the top 73 picks, two in the third round. They need a receiver. Good value for wide receiver starts in the second round. Uh, John, let me ask you this about Jimbo Fisher down at Texas A&M. How long will it be? How long does Texas A&M or Jimbo Fisher have before that whole buyout thing is is going to be? Who cares? <laughs> we got to make a change. I mean, well, is that how? I mean, it, I know money. That kind of money is is crazy. But how many years do you get before that just gets to be old with with the alums at Texas A&M? Yeah, as you know, and I know because I started watching college football in 1960 when I was eight years old. And money means nothing to the Longhorns and Aggies. Right. They got plenty of alums out there. If they're unhappy, they'll give them the money to accomplish something. And when Jimbo hired Bobby Petrino, I thought he was just asking for trouble. I saw he should go out and get one of these younger, uh, up-to-date, offensive-minded coaches who will come in. And um, But the problem with Jimbo is he's going to want to coach. You know, he's used to calling the plays, and if he tries to interfere with Petrino, they could have problems. And so I think this could be the beginning of the end. I don't know if it'd be after this season. I'll guarantee you, every Aggie fan I know wishes they were still in the Big 12. It's like the Longhorns. Every Longhorn fan I know, they don't want to go to the SEC. They can't even dominate the Big 12. So (laughs) I think the Longhorns will find out about the Aggies. It's a hell of a lot harder playing over there than mm. this here. And I think Jimbo could be gone after this season. There were a lot of rumblings. Now, I don't know if they'll be as bad as they were last season. I don't know enough about it. I know they had more guys in the transfer portal, 23, than any team in the country. And when you recruit all those five-star athletes and they're not playing, right. then uh, they're gone. He had discipline problems, you know, guys smoking pot in the locker room, and just things that don't happen in a lot of other schools. No question about it. Now, the the opening press conference of spring was kind of awkward when uh, people asked about who's calling plays and all that went down with uh, with Bobby Petrino, uh, and that is going to be an interesting storyline. And the end, the Longhorns are headed there after this season in football, which is pretty exciting. John McClain, GallerySports.com. Check out that website if you love uh, good stories on the Astros and uh, the Texans and all that's going on in Houston with John McClain, Richard Justice, John Lopez, longtime fixtures in the uh, the Houston area. John, thanks so much. Appreciate you doing it, and uh, hopefully we're talking maybe next week about a Final Four with uh, either Houston or Texas. Appreciate it, John. Thank you so much. Guys, guys, it's my pleasure. Thank you, and good luck to the Horns against Xavier. Xavier tomorrow night. There you go. I like that. So he's uh, that's that's interesting because you, too, agree with John that they're going to take C.J. Stroud, yes. the Carolina Panthers, and that's been the thought when they traded with the Bears to go from 9-1 to one, that they wanted Stroud. And I saw him at the Combine. Remember that trade came down right after the Indianapolis Scouting Combine, and they had seen him throw, uh, and they make the move. Uh, it is interesting that because all along, John and others who cover the Texans have said that the the Texans 
covet Bryce Young, that Nick Casario wants Bryce Young to be his quarterback. So to your point, Buck, even though they coughed up the number one pick on that Week 17 game or Week 18 game, they still may end up with who they want. But I liked, uh, it was interesting that John said that uh, the, the the Carolina Panthers are playing the game, right? They're trying to convince Houston that they might take Bryce Young, which would force Houston maybe give up a draft pick to swap spots sure. with them to secure who they want. Nick Casario is apparently not going to buy it. Uh, but that is interesting. Also, he says uh, he says with the 12th pick, as Houston has the second pick and the Browns pick at 12 from the Deshaun Watson trade, he says pass rusher, which, again, premium positions in football right now are quarterback and pass rush. So if you can get both in one draft, and the name he mentioned, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa Buck, he's uh, some people say he's kind of a J.J. Watt starter kit if you see him on film. Uh, also, there's a kid, Nolan Smith, is the one to watch, too. I would do if, if I'm a Texans fan. Nolan Smith is the kid out of Georgia who didn't play this year. But remember, he went to the combine, ran 4-3-9, oh, 4-3-9. Yeah. Um, he is a guy that could, and most people believe he's moved himself with his pro day workout and what he's done showing his healthy Nolan Smith that he could move into the top 10, Houston drafting just outside of it. Uh, I also like wide receiver there at 12, a Jackson Smith and Jigba type player who had his pro day yesterday. As yeah, well. I definitely don't agree with John that Aggies wanted to stay in the in the Big 12. They wanted out either. of this. Huh? I they wanted the hell out of here so quick. Yeah, well, he says all his Aggie friends, but oh, I would agree. If, if you no. took a vote of Aggie fans, they're happy to be in the SEC. Ab- absolutely. But you would also take the vote and say, are you happy with Jimbo Fisher? And I think most of them would say right now, hell no. If we could buy it out, and we can, well, how long is that going to last I just before say, we do? Can I just say that I, we talked about Jimbo Fisher's comments, and we played his comment about Bobby Petrino. I went back and watched that entire 16-minute press conference and availability. Fuck, it was so awkward. The whole thing. All he wanted to talk about was was fundamentals and fundamentals and fun. I mean, he Come would not. On. He was he was thin skinned, and again, this is your friendly hometown media. This and, is a, and the season hadn't even started. This is College Station. This is like the Houston Chronicle, the College Station Eagle. I mean, this is not like when the, the USA York, Today wasn't there and everybody else. This is not the New York Times that's grilling right. you. This was the friendly media, and it was like, whoa. Dude, Jimbo, it's day one of spring practice. Can we be optimistic about some You're things? You're still going to get paid, Jimbo. Everything's good. Dude, he just Your check will stay the same. It was surly. It was on edge. It was evasive. It was weird. It was really, really weird, uh, I felt. But, uh, you know, he didn't want any part. Like, you had to know. Everybody wanted to know about the Bobby Petrino hire. He well, didn't want any part of that. talking about it. How, are you not, how did he think they were not going to ask that question? I don't, of course he knew. That was a weird deal. That was really, really odd. But uh, thank you to John McClain, uh, you know, uh, gallerysports.com. Now, we come back, in addition to, as we said, the best golfers in the world in Austin, Texas, the NASCAR circuit is rolling into the ATX. Rod Rodney from Revved Up ATX will help us with the weekend, how it's going to play out and where he'll be. And you can go meet Rodney today. We'll get you details on that coming next. Mornings with Bucky and Aaron. And make sure you're getting over to hornfm.com. Everything you need right there. Of course, in addition to the bracket contest that's going on, you can check your brackets. I'm sitting uh, four points out of first place, my friends. Four points out of first place. I don't think I can win the TV, though. No. Can't happen. But also, if you click on the uh, the Golf Tour of Central Texas link, uh, powered by Callahan's General Store, uh, you can see our new video. It's up, and uh, we shine the spotlight rightfully in the month of March on Austin Country Club. Spent uh, an afternoon out there with our friend, our pro, Omar Uresti. He is Austin Golf. Had a great time with uh, Aaron Shelick, the uh, 
head golf professional there at, uh, at Austin Country Club. Uh, take a look at the video. It's pretty cool stuff. If you've never been out there at ACC, it's a good peek behind the scene. You'll also learn that uh, ACC was founded in 1899, Buck, uh, and it was, the original was Hancock. The Hancock there Nine Ball Course. That was the original ACC. Uh, the greatest golf instructor ever lived, ever lived, Harvey Penick, was a part of the Austin Country Club for a long, long time. Of course, then it moved over to a Riverside location, and then in 19, I think it was 84, it moved over to the Davenport-Westlake location where it is now. But it's a great golf course. You can check it all out. It's all powered by our friends at Callahan's General Store. It's there and up and ready to go at hornfm.com. Have a look. And you can see all of the courses we've featured on our tour uh, with the Munis, Mo Willie, and Lions. We've been to uh, out to out to Horseshoe Bay Buck with a Slick Rock and Marble Fa- out there in Marble Falls. We've been to uh, uh, UT Club, which was our first one, which go. was really cool. And we've got more to come. But this month we are at ACC, much like the 64 best players in the world who are playing out there right now, Austin Country Club. Hey, another big event coming up this weekend out at Coda. And let's go to the Vaqueros Hotline. This guy's going to be out and about today. And he's going to be out at Coda all weekend. Here's our man Rodney Rodriguez, Mr. Racing, Mr. Revved Up Racing. Rodney, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing this, this uh, balmy morning? My goodness. A little Fan- muggy out there. Yeah. A little muggy out Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Rodney, tell us what was your first car that you can remember of, of value to you, sentimental value to you, your first car. First car I ever had, Buck, was a 1975 Chevy Monza Fastback. Oh, and what was what what was so cool about that car was it um, those were very rare that you would find one with a V8, and and somehow my dad found one had a 305 in it, and man, I will tell you what he souped that thing up. I mean, he welded the gears together. You know, I mean, he did all the all the racing tricks to it, and man, that that was such a sweet you know. Um, back in the day, you know, four speed. I mean, it was unbelievable. Did what you that have car would do? Did you have room to get your arm around her on the other side? <laughs> I mean, was there room, or is it just so jacked up? Was it a comfortable? Was the seating comfortable? Or you didn't well, care about there, any there of that? Was, there was, there was, well, I will say the back seat did fold down. There you go. Back. Hey now, hey now, <laughs> <laughs> fold down. What? But party in the back. I can tell you, man. The, yeah, there it is. What, what, if it's uh, rocking, don't come a knocking. <laughs> But uh, I tell you, man, that that thing, oh my goodness, it was so sweet. I mean, never... that, that's I mean that that's you would speed shift in that thing. I mean, I could shift that thing without using the clutch. I mean, it was great. Wow. It was great. I've never heard of a Monza. How many models of Monza did they make? M O Z M O N Z A. I've heard of the M O N Z A. Chevy yeah. Impala. I think they they had made the... them. Mhm. Up until about 1980, I, I think they they manufactured that one. Okay. It turned it turned into a coupe at one point. But uh, the fastback, man, that thing was just, oh, my goodness. So many great memories awesome. in that car. Oh, I bet. It was, you ever had the El Camino? I loved it. You ever had the Camino with the, the turf in the back? You know what I'm talking about? That that oh, car truck? My, my uncle had an El Camino, man. And and I'll tell you what, he had that thing souped up, too, man. You, you know, uh, glass pack mufflers and all this stuff. Wow. You could hear it, you could hear it coming from a, lot, a mile away. Man. That is those, awesome. Those, they don't make cars like that anymore. No, guys. they don't. They, they don't Thank have, goodness. No. There were some clunkers no, they, back then, too. Remember the old, remember the old Cutlass, Rodney? Because yeah. we're talking about this because uh, GM has announced that the Camaro, yeah. the Camaro brand is no longer, at least for now, they're not going to be making the Camaro. Been making it since 1966. Yeah. That led us into a conversation about muscle cars, and then first cars, and uh, it's been fun. So the Monza, I've never heard of that. That's pretty cool. Hey, uh, Rodney. Yeah. Speaking of muscle cars, they're bringing them NASCAR. This is year three of NASCAR at Coda. Is that right, or am I am I wrong on that? Two or three or four? Yeah. Th- 
uh, third year. Yeah, we had we had the monsoon in year number one. Yes, and then last year last year we had heat, which I think we're going to have again because it's supposed to be eighty on Sunday. But that's okay. That's comfortable. But yeah, yeah, third third year, second year with the next gen car, and I think that this year is going to be very interesting because they have made a changes on this car to affect the downforce and so forth to to, to make it more to where the driver has to race the car a little bit harder because you know with this brand new car it's single source parts you can't get in and do a do you're not supposed to get in and do a lot of modifications and so forth and so on um so they've made some changes to this car to try to enhance the racing a little bit and i think that that's what's really going to factor in uh, you know to, to the weekend you, you know it's a road course and short track package and and honestly they don't they don't usually get practice but they're supposed to get just under an hour practice session tomorrow uh, to, to work, you know, to try to get a feel for some of these changes that they were able to make or modifications that they were able to make. And, man, just the, the race fan in me wishes that that practice session would get rained out. I mean, I, I'd like to see them hit the track with no practice. Oh, I really? Mean, wow. Free, but, yeah, man, I'd love to see that. That'd I'd be cool. Rodney, how, do the, how are the drivers yeah. feeling about Coda now? I mean, in year number three, I mean, are, are there any complaints about it, but are they kind of settled into this track and, and the way it's set up for them? Everything that, that I've heard, you know, they, they really like it uh, as a destination spot. Mm-hmm. You know, they really enjoy they really enjoy coming to Austin because it's, it's very unique. I mean, this, this race course is like no other. I mean, there there are, you know, when this was built, you know, back when Tavo Hellman, you know, drew this thing up and, and had this idea, he took little bits and pieces of racetracks that he had visited and, you know, put them all into one place out in, in southeast Travis County and, you know, 3.41 miles and 20 turns. I mean, the the elevation changes are the one the one thing that the drivers really you know talk about with I mean because it is I mean with the steep hills and then the the, the declines and so forth it's it's something that that really um, intrigues them and I mean you just look at the field for Sunday uh, I mean you've got you've got two Formula One World Champions in this race with Kimi Raikkonen and Jensen Button so those guys are coming over to drive stock car Jimmy Johnson is coming back. Um, Connor Daly, a very accomplished uh, road racer as well, will be with the Mutt team. And uh, Jordan Taylor, three-time uh, IMSA GT sports car champion, is going to be behind the wheel of the number nine for, for Chase Elliott while he's still on the men. So that tells you right there the diversity in this field and, and the, the want to, to race here in Austin. Oh, wow, cool. Jimmy Johnson back, huh? Jimmy's back. Can't get rid of him. I wow. was I was talking I was talking to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on Revved Up. We had one of our insiders on, and it was like you know the pandemic comes along. Jimmy's going to walk away, go do something else, go do Indy cars. But here we are in 2023, and Kevin Harvick's riding off into the sunset, and here comes Jimmy Johnson back in again. So it's like you know, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, whatever that country song is. But I will tell you guys, Jimmy Johnson being in NASCAR. It's where he belongs. If he's going to be racing, of course, now he's a he's a, a, a team owner there uh, with the Richard Petty group. So the fact that he's back in is something that's very good for the sport. I mean, that, that's one of the ambassadors. No question. Uh, needs big names. And uh, you know, they'll be out at Coda this weekend. We, I, I, we have it on special authority, too, Rodney, that Michael Waltrip and Kyle Larson are playing golf today with a friend of ours. So just know that. We've got, we've got nice. some scoop for you, too. And it's one of those swanky yeah. country clubs out there, the new one. But, uh, hey, you know, we wow. know some things, too. Hey, so uh, it yeah. starts on Friday with Fivo Friday, then the Pit Boss 250 on Saturday, and then the Echo Park 
Automotive Grand Prix, which is the main event on Sunday out at Circuit of the Americas. Rodney, you guys are going to have some extra coverage out there this weekend. I want to hear about that. But first, you're going to be out today uh, with you know a, a personal appearance, which I think is very cool for you, Rodney. You're going to be out with the Four Loco race team and their driver, Ryan Ellis. You're going to be at... Uh, and you can tell them where, where you're going to be today. The Speedy Stop on East Palmer Lane and Harris Branch Parkway uh, doing some real live race talk. Yeah, yeah. We'll be out at the Speedy Stop. Uh, my, my wife is like, you know, if you're going to go out and do an appearance, it's only fitting that you go to a gas station when I look at your credit <laughs> card you go. all the time. So. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, the address is uh, 5725 East Palmer Lane. It says Mainer, you know, but it's it's right there on that Austin, you know, Mainer line or yeah. whatever. It's very, very convenient right there. Honestly, guys, I mean, I think that's a great spot. I mean, because right there along that Palmer Lane 290 corridor, you've got a lot of race fans that, that may hit Cotton Bowl Speedway, you know, out that way. So I, I think it's a great spot to, for folks to come on out and, you know, with the with the four local race team there. Ryan Ellis uh, is scheduled to be with us. He drives the uh, number 43 Camaro. Uh, ironically, Camaro on the Xfinity series, and uh, that that that's another one of those guys where his um, his background is a lot of uh, a lot of road racing. So I mean, that could be a guy that that would sneak up on people. But yeah, th- there at Speedy Stop, I mean, he'll be there. You know, autograph posters, koozies. Uh, I, I think I saw there's a pair of tickets. I hope I'm not speaking out of line right there. I'm not exactly sure who who has those. But uh, it'll be a cool time to, to come on out and, and, and just stop in and, and let's talk some racing because that's really what it is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the intrigue about stock car racing or, or any racing in general is just kind of the bench racing. You know, you sit around, just talk, and, and a lot of this year has been it's the off-the-track stuff, you know, with the big fines that, that Hendrick Motorsports had to pay. for That was huge. Yeah, that, that's a lot of money. And that's, you know, that brings up a, so much of this year has been the off the track with modifying those parts that Hendrick is saying, you know, well, NASCAR doesn't have a very good grip on what they're doing here because we're modifying. They say it's okay, and boom, here we are, $400,000 oh. later, yeah. um, and so forth. And then with Denny Hamlin, you know, that goes off, and he's, you know, we all get on podcasts. I know, E, you're on a podcast now. So we get on the podcast and we let stuff fly, and Denny Hamlin talks about intentionally trying to wreck Ross Chastain, <laughs> and boom, he gets a fine. So, I mean, a lot of it's been off the track, but I think that this is the race that's going to bring it full circle because it's been a little uh, mundane the last few weeks. I think Coda's going to be the one to wake up the season. That's awesome. Hey, Rodney, let me ask you one quick thing before I let you go. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the California scene for, for NASCAR, they, they got to have something out in California. That deal at the Coliseum, I mean, th- that's nice for TV and nice for show, but – I mean, that's not the real feel for NASCAR, is it really? You know, that the, the first year, Buck, I mean, when they did it last year, yes, great. Uh-huh. I mean, very good thing. You know, the, the history of that place, uh, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that Coliseum originally was a racetrack, you know, back uh, prior to, to World War II, I think it was. That's what they used to run there. And then in the 40s, they went in and, you know, modified it to become what it was, and they continued to race in there. But it, it's just not – you did it once, it was great, go somewhere else. That, okay. that race is an, is an exhibition race. But they got to have a presence exactly. in California, right, somewhere that's big time? Well, it, yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, the, the, with, the, uh, with the track there in Fontana, it's going to be off of the schedule here for a couple of years with a reconfiguration that's happening there. I don't know if it's even going to come back or not. But that's a, very, that's a very important part, a very important market for NASCAR because the history in California is amazing. Right. It? 
you know, Riverside and Ontario and all of these, you know, great racetracks. That they have to have a foothold there. You have to go out and you have to chase that audience. But then that land that, costs they, a lot of money out there, Rodney. There's a lot to be had out there. It's, it's getting more and more valuable, Buck. Every one of these racetracks, and that's where everybody that that has negative things to say about Texas Motor Speedway and so forth. I'm like, you better watch what you wish for when you when you swear that track off because. You're going to drive out 114 one day, and that place is going to be gone. And, wow. and that's what people need to think about that. Mm. Of course, you mentioned Jimmy Johnson. He's a Californian. A lot of drivers come from uh, that state, and uh, obviously they'll be here. It is the Echo Park, uh, you know, the, the main event, the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix. It's 2.30 on Sunday. I know, Rodney, you guys will have your normal revved-up ATX show on Saturday at 11, and then extra coverage on noon on Saturday. And Rodney will be out today. Uh, as we said, at the Speedy Stop, East Palmer Lane, Harris Branch Parkway with the Four Loco race team and their driver, uh, Ryan Ellis. So get on out there and meet Rodney, meet meet Ryan, and uh, have some fun. Be listening this Saturday and Sunday for bonus coverage of Revved Up ATX with Rodney. Rodney, thanks for doing it, my friend. Thank you, Rodney. You got it, guys. Yeah, this afternoon it's four loco and the one loco. Here we go. There you go. Three to six. Three to six. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Stop East Palmer Lane. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up, reset our top stories, and get you ready for Light the Tower here on BNE. It's Bucky and Aaron. All night long. You'll be watching basketball all night long. Golf all day. Basketball all night. Four games tonight. Sweet 16 action. Starts with Michigan State and Kansas State. That is uh, at Madison Square Garden. Of course, Marquise Noel, the uh, fabulous point guard of K-State, is from Harlem right there in Manhattan. He'll be on display. You know, his Twitter handle is at Mr. New York City. So he's going to be balling out in front of his home fans uh, for the K-State Wildcats against Michigan State, Arkansas-UConn tonight, Florida Atlantic-Tennessee, and Gonzaga-UCLA, and possibly the game of the night tonight. Those are fun. Longhorns, of course, play tomorrow night. Here's a text from our buddy CB. says, if Texas was trying to avoid distractions with Rodney Terry, they can't any longer. Well, that's been the story from the start of the show this morning with uh, the reports that Penn State and Cal interested in Rodney Terry's services as a head coach which led to our conversations about where that came from. Pretty clear that Rodney Terry's, whoever represents Rodney Terry wants that news out there. People are going to be bucking off Kirk Bowles for reporting it. But, you know, that's what... Somebody wants it there. Kirk Bowles didn't go digging for that. Someone fed him. That, nothing against Kirk because he's out there covering the golf at ACC, but he was covering golf at Austin Country Club. He wasn't digging for stories on Rodney Terry, uh, and that story came out. That tells you that the Rodney Terry camp wanted that story out because, according to Kirk... Rodney hasn't heard anything from CDC on his future, and he'd like to know what's going on because all the jobs are filling up around the country right now. And if he's not going to be the head coach of Texas, he'd like to be working next year. So, but yes, that's and his staff would like to be working too. Yeah, I mean they exactly. So, and I, again, I understand CDC holding off and waiting until the season's over because it's not over yet. Same time, if you're looking to avoid distraction, it's now back out there, and I'm sure it'll be a, a, a news story now moving forward. Unfortunately. But yeah, that was that was intentional. Oh, they're always they always are intentional. That's why I said at six a.m. Nobody hide. That's not. I said it's curious. Why would this come out today? Yeah, and that's exactly. That. I mean, I figured it came from that side. It wouldn't come from Texas' side of this thing. Uh, that was coming from the, the Rodney Terry camp. So that story will be out there. Craig Way is in Kansas City with the basketball team. He'll be broadcasting Light the Tower coming up live. He's got an interview with Christian Bishop, uh, the Longhorn senior forward. So that's part of the uh, Light the Tower show. Jeff Howe not on the show today. He's traveling to Kansas City to be be there for the Sweet 16 tomorrow night. Buck, enjoy the games. All right, man. I will see you on Monday. 
Yeah, I'm going to be out tomorrow. I'll be out tomorrow. I'm having, at 7 a.m. tomorrow, I'm, like, I'm having the cataract procedure. Get that done, man. Good luck with that. Get this smudge off my eye. Yeah. Wish me luck. Back on the prayer list. Another another Hogan on the prayer uh, list I'll now. I'll be okay, but I just uh, I need to get this cataract dealt Absolutely. with in my right eye. Absolutely. Get it fixed, eye. buddy. So I'll be back on Monday. You guys have a great weekend. Ty will be here. You got Zay coming in tomorrow? I got Zay. It'll be a lot of basketball chatter. Hoops. Hoops. Also, Zay will be on with Chad today at uh, noon. Of course, noon to three. Then it's Ball Don't Lie this afternoon. Watch the basketball. We'll be talking about it tomorrow at 6 a.m. If you missed any part of our show, any of the great guests, David Pierce was with us. Uh, Longhorn baseball coach, hornfm.com for the podcast.